Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit, the horror movie review podcast for horror fans and fanatics alike. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, delivering horror movie reviews and discussions of both classic and current films every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for your twisted pleasure. Please be aware that episodes may include spoilers, and as always, I hope you enjoy. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary Imaginary He's the devil. After a few films, every director comes with a certain amount of baggage. Whether their films are all within the same genre or span several, the masses still have a tendency to view directors only being as good as their last film. And that scrutiny can be even more severe when you've created and been involved in some of the biggest franchises in film. James Wan being such a director, whose absence from the horror genre as of late doesn't so much mean he has more to prove to fans, but has the unique opportunity to show that his time away could be fruitful for his inevitable return to horror. And Wan does this in stunning fashion with Malignant, which is currently in theaters and streaming on HBO Max. A gory amalgamation of genre and tone that could only be presented this confidently by one well-versed in horror. Malignant begins abruptly in 1993 with a cliffside hospital in full lockdown amidst a violent patient breaking free. The patient in question isn't just notable for their penchant for violence, but for their seemingly superhuman abilities, which facilitates their slaughtering a handful of orderlies. Once restrained by means of what looks like a tranquilizer gun meant for a rhinoceros, a doctor stares directly into the camera and matter-of-factly proclaims, it's time, we cut out the cancer, which is bookended by a hard rock needle drop. If your neck isn't sore from the tonal whiplash that's just occurred, you ain't seen nothing yet. Malignant is a rare example of a film that manages to conceal its twist and largely its premise in its promotional material. I went in knowing nothing except what the initial trailer indicated, which, if I'm being honest, completely undersells this wholly unique feature. From the trailer, Malignant seems like just another supernatural slasher in which a woman is haunted by a spirit and chased around a mid-century modern house 
And while I won't detail the film's absolutely banana land third act until later, and with a spoiler warning, just know that in a time when people claim that some movies must be seen to be believed, Malignant is a rare exception of actually living up to that caliber of praise. The film then jumps from 1993 to present day, introducing Madison, played by Annabelle Wallace, an expecting mother stuck in an abusive relationship. It doesn't take long for us to experience this abuse firsthand, as her partner Derek initiates an argument, blaming her for being pregnant, before slamming her head against the wall. But this time, something is different about Derek's abuse. It's awoken something inside Madison as she begins experiencing shocking visions of murders. Murders, she soon learns aren't a figment of her imagination, but a horrifying reality. What follows is Juan doing what he does best, delivering horror to the hardcore masses unconcerned with sugarcoating anything for a general audience. Though, while his other horror franchises such as Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring have been far more palatable for general audiences, Malignant is very much, well, not that. To his credit, Juan is comfortable enough in his career that he can afford to take massive and weird swings with the sole audience in mind. But now with the resources and techniques he's acquired over his career, to take even the most ludicrous and campy ideas and give it the polish and pristine presentation that it needs to simply and unabashedly work. Malignant's story, which was created by Juan and Ingrid Bissou, with the screenplay written by Akela Cooper, could not be a more radical ode to horror. An abomination of genres, but in the best way possible, as the film is a fluid hybrid of subgenres and camp that permeates through every single scene. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. There's body horror, there's slasher sensibilities, there's melodrama camp, and I do mean camp, and there's a whodunit element that ties it all together into a film that's completely aware of how batshit its premise is, but delivers a more than competent looking and gleefully gory ordeal. You can practically see Juan and the creative team winking at the audience with every needle drop and thick camp that's laid on in most of the film's narrative beats. The dance between Madison and her sister Sydney, played by Maddie Hayson, attempting to uncover the identity of who is murdering people from Madison's past and why they are connecting them to her. There's also a scene where Madison looks into Sydney's eyes and says, I'm adopted, before cutting to Sydney's shocked expression as overly dramatic music blares. Now, it could be seen as a cop-out to claim that Juan has purposefully filled his most audacious film yet with this layer of cheese, but when you get into the film's twist, it completely works for me. A twist that I've honestly danced around for far too long, and so, spoilers incoming in 3, 2, 1, right. So, Malignant has the most batshit twist of the year, and possibly of all time, as the killer is… Madison herself? Kind of. She's somewhat the killer. I mean, she's killing, but not really responsible for her actions and… well, let me explain. In flashbacks and a visit with her adoptive mother, we learn of Madison's imaginary friend Gabriel, who wasn't so much a presence in her childhood, but rather a plague upon it. Strange and violent events began occurring which were attributed to Madison, when it was, in fact, Gabriel taking over her body. This culminates in the reveal that a massive monster-like tumor sprouted from Madison's and eventually grew arms and a face that protruded from the back of her skull. And while the doctors were able to cut out a majority of Gabriel, resealing part of him within Madison's skull, these bouts of recent head trauma have reawoken him. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. During the course of the film, Madison has had recurring visions that paralyze her as she's forced to watch a shadowy figure kill those connected to her past. More specifically, the doctors from the hospital where Madison was a patient. 
It's revealed that these aren't so much visions as they are Madison being in a fugue state as Gabriel awakens and takes control of her body, sprouting from the back of her head once again. Gabriel being in control results in Madison's body moving backwards, a hellish display of body horror contortions that make her movements seem supernatural and otherworldly. It's a ludicrous reveal and premise, but one that Juan executes on with an energy that delivers the best possible results that such a premise could possibly have. Time and time again, Malignant had me asking aloud, is he really about to do what I think he's about to do? Which Juan answered time and time again with a resounding, yes I am. The third act of Malignant being the best example of this and proof positive that this was the most fun Juan ever had making a movie. The gleefulness with which he takes this crackpot premise and manages to deliver not only some of the best practical work of his career, but some of the most action-packed as well. At one point, Madison finds herself in a police precinct lockup as the sole suspect in the various murders she's being connected to. When one of her cellmates attacks her, Gabriel awakens, bursting from the back of her head and proceeds to rip and tear and puncture the other inmates that scramble to break free from their cell. Seeing a face emerge from the back of Madison's skull is, uh, yeah, pretty alarming. Gabriel then proceeds to free himself from his cell and kill almost every single cop in the precinct in what is an all-time horror action feat. Simply put, this is one of the best choreographed action scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie, and it's easily one of the best of the year. This entire sequence is indicative of the best of both worlds of genre that Juan has been associated with. The highly glossy action world of Fast and the Furious and Aquaman, and the haunting atmosphere of The Conjuring with gore that makes Saw look tame at times. It wouldn't have surprised me if Juan had, at times, become lost within his outlandish premise, and to be fair, the movie could be described as a hot mess throughout. But Juan's sense of space and geography in capturing his vision remains immaculate. We're never lost in the commotion and blood-soaked action of the police precinct assault. Likewise, Juan even refined the camera presence in smaller scale scenes, such as one where the camera looks down and follows Madison running through various rooms of her house as if she were a rat in a maze. These brief moments show Juan's time away from horror has been productive to his abilities as a filmmaker, along with being profitable enough that he can indulge himself and niche audiences with bodacious ideas such as Malignant. And then there's his ability to create an entirely new horror villain that's as creatively sinister as it is silly. Each of Gabriel's movements is skin crawling as he spider walks on floors and traverses environments backwards, thanks to the acrobatic work of contortionist Marina Mazep and Twisty Troy James. But it's also Juan's ability to give a signature look and feel to a killer that's entirely tied to their identity and history. More than a masked or disfigured killer, from his wardrobe to his movements to the blade he uses, a repurposed medical trophy taken from one of his early victims, Gabriel feels instantly iconic and an extension of a horror talent allowing their creativity to flourish thanks to a lack of restrictions. Malignant is easily one of my favorite movies of the year, serving as an example of when a director is in a position to throw caution to the wind and deliver a horrifying new vision of terror never taking itself too seriously while being backed up by gore and stylish techniques that Juan has developed over the course of his varied career. So if you're looking for an unprecedented horror experience, check out Malignant while it's in theaters and streaming on HBO Max. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, your source for horror movie reviews and discussions every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.